Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello, friends and family, and welcome to the Adoption Chronicles. Today you're listening to episode 23, which is episode 3 of season 2. Today we're talking with Jill Brown and Susan Horton, and they're twins. They've got an interesting story to tell, and it's a very interesting perspective. Uh, It's close to my story, to a degree, and we're going to find out all about it right now. Welcome to the show, Jill and Sue. Hi. How are you? All right. So, so where do you want us to start? From the beginning? Yeah, that's the best place to start. So um, sometimes the stories start chronologically from when you're a bub, but um, sometimes they start later when you find out. Or, yeah, so tell us okay. how it all well, started. We, were, we found out, like we always knew. Yep. So we must have been told when we were very little because it, we just knew that we were adopted. Yep. And we were um, special. We were special. We, we were always told we were special. Yep. To me, that is the worst thing you can tell a child that's adopted. Because all my life, I always tried to be better. Right. Um, and the way that we were brought up, um, our mother, our adopted mother, sort of put 
that into you that you weren't quite good enough. Right. So you kept trying to be better because you were special. Right. So special and, wasn't yeah. really a good special. It was a different special. No. <laughs> well, it was, it, it was for Jill. Yeah. It, it was a pressure for her. Yep. But I'm a little bit different natured. Yep. And it didn't really bother me too much at all. Right. I I didn't bother. If I wasn't good enough, I wasn't good enough, and that's how I felt. Right. But Jill wanted to please. Right. She really needed the approval all the time of um, being good. Okay. Living up to, to the, you know, the, the expectation, I suppose. Yeah, so that started during uh, early childhood, did it? Like when you were in primary school? Yes, yes, yes. Always. Sue got sick. Right. When she was um, just nine. Okay. And um, she had rheumatic fever and was in bed for nine months. Wow. And that made... Uh, that put more pressure on you. Yeah. I can imagine. Because because Jill wasn't allowed to do anything. She wasn't allowed to go out because Mum said if Sue can't go, Jill can't go. Oh. So yeah. she couldn't do all the things that normally have done as children, you know, like for those nine months. So you were housebound as well, Jill? Yes. But you know what, Mike? Um, I was never resentful. Yep. I never, it never bothered me. People had asked, come and say, would you like to go to the beach? And mum would say, oh, no, she's happy to stay with her sister. And I just said, yeah, okay, yep. I'll stay with my sister. And Sue and I have just recently talked about this. And I said, you'd think I would have been, oh, really annoyed and Resentful. I couldn't resent, really resentful, but I never was. Yeah. And sort of all, most of our life, Sue was more of an extrovert and I was more of an introvert. So when we did things, it was always she'd go first and I'd be close behind. Okay. She was the confident one. Um. And yet, we've changed. We've changed since we've got older. <laughs> Jill's the confident one now, and I stand behind her. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But from an early age, look, I really don't know how old. Probably from a teenager, maybe yep. a bit younger. Mm -hmm. Anywhere we went, our mother always said to me, "You're responsible for your sister." Right. I was 15 minutes older than her. <laughs> and she always said, you're, you know, you're responsible. So I grew up always, like, worrying about, oh, is she okay? Where is she? What's she doing? Um, and I guess at the time you don't, as a kid, you don't sort of notice it. Yep. But as you get older and you look back, you think, God, that wasn't real good. Yeah. <laughs> that was a real worry. Yeah, and I guess um, 
like with all parents, you don't get a manual in how to parent. No, um, you don't. And you don't. No. <laughs> you don't. We've had kids of our own, so we know <laughs> yeah. quite well. But, yeah. Um, we did make a pact together that we would bring our children up differently than how we were brought up. Yeah. And and basically we've stayed... stayed not, with not with fear. <laughs> we were brought yeah. up with fear. Yeah. And, yeah, that's... I, I, I try not to be judgmental, but um, no. bringing your children up with fear is um, less than ideal. We can put it yeah, that way. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. Yes. I always thought I will bring my children up that they know I'm the boss. Yep. But we can still be friends. Of course. Whereas we were never friends with our mother. Right. Um, and we we're always walking on eggshells. Okay. Probably more so me than Sue. Right. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So but was still, it, yeah. you know, even even at the age we had children and and we didn't like to cross up. We didn't like we didn't like to say no to her. Okay. Well, was no real. wasn't in the vocabulary. No. no. And sorry, you never heard her say sorry, and you never said no. Right. Well, I guess at about. Now we can let everyone know that um, we we've got a connection, our families. So you yes. grew up with my mum, and yes. in an organisation, they your mum and my mum were together. So I yes. actually knew your mum, obviously only as a a very small child. So yes. um, yeah, I do remember. Definitely nodding my head as you're describing things because... Really? Yeah. Um, oh. Not that my memories are 100% clear, but, wow. um, yeah, that's definitely her personality, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. She was a strong lady. Yeah. Very, very strong yeah. woman. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, she ruled the roost in our house. But in saying that, she fed us well. Yep. We never went out... Dirty, we always had lovely clothes. She yep. often sat up till three o'clock in the morning making. Yep. Um, she wasn't a bad mum as such, but she did have these traits. She had a wicked, a wicked um, um, temper. Right. Yeah. And that was um, probably the biggest problem. That was because you never knew from one day to the next what sort of mood she was going to be in. Right. Or how but, she'd react if you said something. You yeah, I, I, I told her once. <laughs> I told her once that um, the art teacher at school had told us a dirty joke, and we thought it was hilarious. Okay. Well, we got a wrap around the head for that. You oh, know, really? you don't talk like that if that's the sort of thing you have at school. You know, oh gee, did we yeah, get right. destroyed? Did she <laughs> march down to school and say and? Give them what for, I don't too. think so, but she took it out on us. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. And it would be a split second. Yeah. You know, there were just little things that um, it was, whether it, I always thought it was just 
pure temper. Yeah. Um, if things didn't go the way she was wanting it. I once said I was wiping up and she was washing up and I was sort of stuck in a corner. Yep. And I let my guard down and I said, I was a teenager, and I said, oh, um, a kid threw an orange peel at the teacher. Okay. And he turned around and threw a piece of chalk back and everybody laughed. And I got a saucepan across my head. Wow. Like <laughs> real violent stuff. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> you were scared to tell her anything in case of what was coming. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it was, well, odd. Dad was Dad was completely different. You could tell Dad a dirty joke and he'd laugh with you, you know, like he was a bonza bloke. Yeah. I was just about to ask you about Dad. Um, so completely yeah, different. Lovely. Yeah, he was oh. just wonderful. Yeah, we just adored him. Nice. Yeah. And everybody adored him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was gentle, he was loving, and he was kind. And, and Mum used to give him such a bad time. <laughs> But you know, we we were. I was in the car with Dad once, right? And we, he just said out of the blue, he said, "If if a lady came to your door and said she was your mother, what would you do?" And I was quite taken back. I wasn't expecting yeah. him to be asked something like that. And because we never mentioned adoption, it we was never, never mentioned. mentioned. Right. No, we were theirs, we were his, and that was the end of it. Yep. And he came out with this, and I said, I'd say, come in, have a cup of tea. I've got a lot of questions for you. Right. And he said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I said, Dad, no one can ever replace you. Don't ever think no. that anyone would walk into our lives and replace you. I said, you don't have to worry. But I was sad for him because he didn't really, to, to me, that was him saying, you know, well, I've done the best I can, but I don't really want you to know your mother like your right. mother. Just in case. Yeah. yeah, they were, neither parent were ever forthcoming about our adoption. Right. In fact, mum, I asked mum, yeah, I asked go on, mum one day about it. Um, oh, it was, I don't know, you know, you go to the doctor and they say, what history have you got? And you mm -hmm. say, well, I haven't got any, but know. I do have a twin sister. So right. at least wrong with I could say, well, she's had such and such. Yeah. But that was all. And I said to Mum, you know, I'd really like um, to know the history. And she said, um, oh, how can you be so ungrateful? And I said, I'm not ungrateful. Yeah. I just want to know the medical, medical history. And her father died of a stroke. And she always had her blood pressure checked all the time and she was so that was so important that she didn't have problems with heart with blood pressure. Yeah. And I said, "Well, 
you know, you wanted, you know, you knew that your father had blood pressure problems, so you kept an eye on yours. I said, and it's just a matter of knowing if there was any illnesses or anything. And she said, you'll know when I die. And that was it. Yeah, right. So did you find out anything before that? Yes, we did. We found, well, my brother and sister-in-law had gone to mum and dad's and they weren't home and they were looking for something in the um, um, linen press and my sister-in-law opened the box and there was our birth certificate. Right. And she rang me and said... Or the adoption papers, I think. The adoption, yes. Either the adoption or something. Yeah. And... He said to me, hello, Sandra. And I said, I knew who she was. And uh-huh. I said, what? And she said, I've just found your, um, I think it was the birth certificate. And she said, your name was Sandra. And I said, oh, gosh. And Sue, our mother, our birth mother, had called Sue Susan. Right. And Sue had the blackest of eyes, really like you know, black-eyed Susan, and she was called Susan, and I was called Sandra. And wow. yeah, but our whole life, adoption was never ever mentioned, except when I asked her about that, and she straight away said, "How ungrateful." Yeah, and I thought, well, this isn't going to be too good. No, so <laughs> I guess to put it all into perspective. Uh, what years are we talking here? Because a lot of the stories and the people I talk to were born in the 70s. Yes. Well, we were born in 1947. Right. We're 75. Yes. And when I was about 10-year-old, oh, we got belted all the time. Right. And for nothing, we'd say to each other, we were lucky we had each other because that saved each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we could say to each other, what did we do wrong? Yeah. And yeah. we've got a belting for something that we didn't know what we'd done. And I, I, as plain as I sit here today, at 10 years old, I said to her one day, you're not a fit mother to have us. Is that right? I'm going, yep, I'm going to find my real mother. Wow. And I was 10. And then I became, after I was married, really, and had Warwick, my son, yep. I, um, I knew what it was like to be a mother. Yeah. And I started looking for my mother. And, oh, look, I went, I, it's too involved to tell you how many trees I went up that weren't the right tree. Yeah. <laughs> because Dad had once said that when we were adopted, we were adopted from this big white house on a hill with a palm tree out the front in Port Kembla. Right. So Robert and I, we were married. Yep. We went down and we found it. And it was just like a big house, but they divided it into flats. Okay. But it was originally a hospital. Right. Well, it was a midwife hospital, 
a woman ran it who was a midwife and her husband sort of was the cleaner, cook, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I just, I didn't really think I was, but I became obsessed with it. Right. And then I went to a clairvoyant. Okay. Um, you might have heard of her, Fiona McCallum. She used to do um, celebrities, read for celebrities. Okay. And she wrote, she wrote in the Women's Weekly. Right. And, and she was on the radio. And I thought, I can't ring her because my mother listened to the same radio station. Of course. <laughs> and I thought she'd recognise my voice straight away. So I wrote to her because she didn't normally do readings just with anybody. Yep. Um, and she actually rang me at my work and said she wanted to, for me to go and see her. She okay. said, I've got very strong vibes from your letter. Right. So I did. I went to her. Yep. And she said, a lot of different, a lot of things about my mother. Mm-hmm. But she said, I want you to forget about it for six, seven years. And she said, you'll be in a stranger's house and someone will say that's your mother there. Mm. And I came home and... Um, Robert was waiting for me outside in the car and I got in the car and I said, well, I don't really know how good this woman is, but this is what she said. That's pretty specific as well. It was very specific. Well, that was it. I didn't bother about it after that. And about six years or a little bit more, because she said, you know, clairvoyants aren't that good on actual times. Yep. But... um, my we've gone to Melbourne to Sue's, and Robert had gone into the um, um, birth, death, and marriages, or the library, or something in Melbourne. Robert's the library. The library, and he was looking up um, people who lived in Victoria because our mother, we knew. Came from Yarrawonga. Okay. And she found this man with the same surname in Yarrawonga. So he rang and said to this man, um, um, he just rang him and said, Are you so and so's brother or relative? And he said, Yeah, she's my sister. And um, Robert said, oh, okay, did you know she had twin girls? And he said, oh, she had two girls, but they weren't twins. Mm. And back then, you know, 47, he lived in Yarrawonga. She had moved to Port Kembla um, and... He didn't sort of get in, keep, they didn't keep in touch much because a lot of people didn't have telephones. Yeah. And that's a fair um, distance too. Oh, long way. And so he knew nothing about us. But he said, oh, right, okay. I didn't know, but yeah, that could, that 
accepted for 30 years. That's right. my sister. Yep. So Sue and I and our but he said he said, but she's dead. Oh. He, yeah. He told us, told Robert, he said she died. Um, but she did marry a man. Um, it's only about three years before she died. So, and he told us the fella's surname. Okay. So we knew then, go straight back to Sydney, look up and get the death certificate. And then you sort of got somewhere to start. Yeah. But um, on the visit, we ended up visiting visiting him the next day. Okay. And we drove, we drove four hours to Yarrawonga. And when we got there, he said, oh, yeah, come in. And we, we went in and he brought out this box of photos and he laid a couple out. He said, that's your mother there. There you go. Word to word of what the woman said. You'll be in a stranger's house. Yeah. He was a stranger. And someone will say that's your mother there. And truly and honestly, I reckon she walked over us because our, our hairs just stood up when, yeah. when she said it, you know. Yeah. We could not believe it. Yeah, you couldn't that write that. Exactly what she said. Mm. Anyway, he gave us the, a photo each of our mother. Yep. And we went on our way. Okay. And then Jill went back to Sydney. Yep. And started researching where the family of, you know, his name, her married name. Yep. Uh, was in Wollongong, well, around Wollongong. Mm hmm. And, and you we go. Found, yeah, we found her death certificate. And the husband, because at this stage, Sue and I would have been about, how old were we, Sue? 40? Oh, nearly 40? In our 40s. Yeah, okay. Um, and there was, on her death certificate, it just said her husband, and it didn't even say children. Right. But on his death certificate, it gave four children. So Robert said, oh, well, we'll ring them up. <laughs> okay. So I, th I said, I'm not ringing them. And he said, I will. Okay. So he, he just rang up. The first one didn't answer. Yeah. And then the second one was his daughter. Right. And Robert just said who he was and a bit of background. And she said, oh, yes. We knew about the twins. Wow. And we, he said, did you? And she said, yes, because we were pretty close. She said, your mother answered an advertisement in the paper that her father had put in for a housekeeper because his wife had walked out and left him with four kids. Okay. And our mother said, answered it and said, She'd love to if she could bring her own two little girls. Ah. And, and he said yes. Right. So this lady was actually a stepsister. 
turned out she was a stepsister. Okay. Well, she said, oh, I'd love, can you come down? And we said, yes, we'll come down and see you. And she had rheumatoid arthritis and was in a wheelchair. Okay. And uh, so Robert and I went down um, and they were so nice, her and her husband. And she just spoke so highly of our mother. And she said, anyway, the husband said to me, would you like a cup of tea? Because we got there in the evening. Right. We'd gone down after work on the Friday. And I said, oh, no, I'm fine, thanks. And after about 10 minutes, he said, I think you'd prefer a scotch, Jill. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, I would actually. I think that'll work, yep. <laughs> yes. And we was just talking all about her, and the sister had, had said, I asked your mother a couple of times about you, and she said she couldn't talk. Mm -hmm. She said she just hung her head. She was absolutely heartbroken that she had to give us up, um, and she couldn't talk about it. Right. Because she had two children, one with her husband. As she wasn't, she'd never been married. She had the first child. Her husband, well, the father died in the war. Okay. The second child, a similar accident happened. So she had two little girls and she had no husband, no provider, and there were no welfare or anything back then. Mm. So she went to work and then she met our father and he was at at that time, we've worked this out since, having, he was just having a short separation from his wife. Right. That we've found out later. Okay. And our mother worked in a guest house and he stayed in the guest house. And we put two and two together and said, well, that's how they must have got mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And, of course, then when she knew she was, pregnant she told him and he said well gosh like I can't do anything about it I've got kids and um and a wife of my own yeah so she just did it on her own and she went to hospital and had me yep and 15 minutes later Sue arrived but, but she didn't know she was having twins oh and of course and they said to her, because it was this little dingy sort of a hospital, said, um, well, you'll have to go back home and bring more clothes. You haven't brought enough for two babies. Oh. So she got in a taxi and she went home. She came back with the clothes and they said the babies are gone. Oh, really? And yet that wasn't the truth because we were three weeks old when mum got us. Yeah, right. So that was that was it. And my sister, this um, stepsister, she told me that. Right. That that's what happened. Um, so she and, never actually gave you up for adoption at all? Well, she must have signed for us to be given up for adoption, or, you know, one child anyway, because... Yeah. 
she knew she couldn't afford to keep four of us. Yeah. Two children of her own. When she got back, she just wanted to see us, and yeah. she just said, "Can I see the babies?" And they said, "No, they've gone." Right. Which is and very we were seven funny. weeks premature. Okay. And when Mum came to get us, she said we were both in a basket together, in a little crib thing together. Yep. And because I had never, ever had mother's milk, they put me, Mum said they put us on straight cow's milk. Really? Yeah. So I was one of these um, projectile vomiters. Mm-hmm. Mum said... We went and saw you, and she said, you had vomit all over you, all over Sue. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I don't know why you even took a second look. I'll (laughs) have those. No, I knew I'd be able to bring these kids up because mum was a nurse. Okay. But, um, you know, and the woman said they won't survive. Really? That's what she told Mum. Wow! And I thought, well, if we kept, if I'd kept vomiting like I was, I probably wouldn't have survived. Mm. So we were like three, three pounds nine and four, just four pounds. Wow! When Tiny we little things. Here. Tiny. Yeah. yeah. So, did you yeah. find out much more about your father, your birth father? Well. well. After Dude. after seventy three years, we actually found our birth family, our father's birth father's family. Right. Um, couldn't believe it. I I went and did. Um, I joined uh, ancestry. Yep. And I did my DNA. Okay. And I kept getting. This is when I was about 71, and I kept getting the odd phone call about, you know, you're on our family tree, but um, where where, where do you come from? Yeah, okay. And I said, well, well, you know, I don't know. That's why I've done this, because I don't know, but it would be my father's side, not my mother's side. Like they said, oh, well... You know, you you must be related to me. One said, "Oh, you must be related to me." And she was living in in um, oh Adelaide, right? And then another one said, "Oh, you must be. I'm pretty sure you're related to me." Um, and she was in Tasmania, and the one in Tasmania had done a lot of family tree, okay. and she said. Look, I've worked out, after a little while, she rang me and she said, I think I've worked out who your father is. Okay. She said, and I think his his granddaughter is the one for you to talk to because she's done a big lot of the family tree. Right. And solved a lot of, of mysteries in the family tree. Well, the big mystery was that our father, his our our grand, no, our father, our grandfather, our great grandfather, his name was John Few. Okay. And our grandfather 
his name was John Cosgrove. Right. He had changed his name. Oh. And it was only through the DNA that they started patching things up and putting them together because the DNA from the fuse was the same as the DNA they matched with the Cosgroves. Okay. And then they realised that out of the the 12 sons or or 12 kids that they had, that one of them was missing. So that must be the Cosgrove. Ah. It was very complex, and she she spent many years trying to find this this Cosgrove. So it's amazing how a, how much detective work it takes. Oh, it's a incredible, absolutely incredible. You got to you just got to keep at it and keep at it until the pieces start to go together. So anyway, after I'd con well, she'd contacted me. I'd contacted her, and we had a little chat. Yep. She said, I can't believe my grandfather. She said, I, it just doesn't make sense. She said, I'm not getting excited about it. She said, until I've done my DNA, because she hadn't done her DNA. Oh, okay. This is the granddaughter. Yeah. The granddaughter. So she did her DNA that night. Right. <laughs> she couldn't have done quick enough. And sure enough, it came back that we were related. Right. Very strongly related, yeah. And we have since met up with um, her mother, yep. who is my our our half sister. Okay, yep. And, this is a um, year ago. Oh, nice. A, a year ago, just a year, a year ago. ago. Right. Yep. And our our uh, other sister. And honestly, it's like we've been sisters forever. Oh, really. There it's was a real incredible. bond. Nice. So we feel we've got a lot of our father in it in, in us. Yeah. Because we're just and we're both very musical, and he was extremely musical, and our great grandfather was really musical. Like he used to have concerts and sing and and everything. Wow. Like his own repertoire. Wow. And and he was very musical. Um, and Sue and I were very musical. We used to sing at lots of functions and yep. um, and stuff, you know. Mum said we used before we spoke. Yeah, right. Yeah, so so it's in us. The music's in us from our father. Right. But, oh, look, we're so close to these sisters. <laughs> I just now, couldn't believe it. And we've got a brother. Yeah. Oh, two brothers. Three brothers. Three brothers, is it? Oh. Four brothers. Four well, brothers. I mean, these people that had big families. Yeah. Huge families, like 12, 10, like big families. Wow. So we Our father was one of 12, people. wasn't he? Our father was one of 12. Yep. And then... He had, our father had 10 kids. Wow. Including us. Yeah, including us. Okay, yep. So, you know, I mean, big breeders. Yeah. Fizzled out with us. Well, there was no television back then, I suppose. No. No. But it was, it was a miracle. Sister, Mike. Yep. 
our oldest sister was born in the same hospital as we were. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's how we realised her and I were talking, oh, one day on the phone. Mm-hmm. And she sent me a photo of the hospital, and I sent her a message back saying, I know that's where we were. And then we'd, we we were texting, and my husband said, why don't you ring her? Like, too involved. And we rang. And she said when she was only, she was born in 45. Yep. And she said she was only a little girl, maybe two. And she said, this is how we put the people together. That she said, mum and dad separated because mum and her and an older brother went to live with the grandma. Ah. And she said, Dad didn't come. But he came back. He'd be backwards and forwards, but they weren't living together and we worked it out. That is when our mother got with him. Conceived. Right. And and, and we were conceived. And then we had a brother born two months later. Oh, really? Yeah. So your dad's... (laughs) Got two ladies, his wife and your mum, yes. pregnant at about the same time. Yes. Oh. Yeah, he must have been oh. a bit of a <laughs> yeah, bit of a oh, Yes. So that was, you know, that's it's just been a roller coaster like the last couple of years. Oh, and I'm up in Queensland at the yep. moment. Yep. And in Harvey Bay, and all my father's, all our father's relatives live up here. Oh, is that right? In Harvey Bay. Yeah, right. So thinking, thinking way back when you were growing up and you knew you were adopted, I assume there would have been fantasies or fantasies might not be the right term, but um, thoughts about what may have been if you weren't adopted and no. how far off were your, were we your fantasies to what we the reality were. would be? We, yep, we knew where we were from. We knew we were born in Port Kembla. Yep. So my mum's brother lived at Shell Harbour. Mm-hmm. And do you know, I... In the car, like this is only, oh, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. Um, Every time we drove there, and you had to drive through Lake Illawarra and da 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 da, and that's where they actually lived. We didn't know that. Right. Um, you, You couldn't help but sort of, I'd be looking all the time. You know, if you stopped the car and someone walked across the road, you'd, watch them, thinking, oh, oh mm-hmm. no, she wouldn't be my mother. Like, mm-hmm. She doesn't look. But you just couldn't help looking at people, thinking if they were your mother. Yeah. But I didn't um, have that. I didn't have that at all. I no. never would have thought about my mother right. or father. I was happy with the 
well, I wasn't greatly happy with my mother, but I was happy with the family I was in. Yep. And I really never really wanted to find any other parents because I was a little bit frightened that they wouldn't be nice. Yeah. And so I didn't want rejection. Yeah. And that's that's completely understandable. I couldn't care less. I just wanted to find, I used to think no one could be worse than the mother I had. Right. So I, I didn't worry me if, if I met her or I didn't. And, I mean, when she died, when I, we found out that she died, yeah. Um, in a way it was a bit of a relief. I thought, oh, oh well, I'll never know what she was like. Yeah. But we met our two sisters on our mother's side. Yeah. And the stepsister gave us a big welcome to the family. Oh, God, they had a big, took a room in a club and had a beautiful welcome. Yeah. Yeah, right. 50 odd people. And they had this cake, welcome to the family, Jill and Sue, and. Our two sisters, one was dark like Sue and one was fair like me. Okay. And they were, we were all the same height Hmm. and they were very nice people. Yep. Um, But there was no, there was no sort of bond. Like there was no, and I just put that down to no, you're in your forties, and you suddenly find you've got two sisters. Yeah. Um, and it was we got very friendly with one of them. Yep. And we, I always rang her for a birthday. She rang me for my birthday, and then about five years ago, four or five years ago, I rang her for a birthday. And she hardly said a word because normally we talked about kids and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And they lived in Townsville. Right. And I said, and Sue and I had been on a holiday together because we go away a fair bit together. Yep. And I said to her, oh, well, um, I mean, there was no conversation much. I Mm -hmm. said, oh, well, I better let you go. Real cheerful, happy. And I said, Sue said she'll ring you when she gets home. And she said to me, tell her not to bother. And we haven't heard sight nor sign since. Right. It was just, tell her not to bother. And we never have. Fair enough. And I think that she could have been jealous that we were so close, Sue and I together. Right. Either that or she's got dementia, but no one ever... You know, a husband, he always wrote a Christmas letter and we never got that again. And so I don't know. We have no idea why. Yeah. No. It's um, it was interesting how that happens. Strange. Yeah. But there was never a real closeness like... Um, but I... These, yeah, these I just... people that we've just met, oh, as soon as they oh, walk in, in, the older one just... She would walk in first, and it was just a big hug and and stuff. Whereas 
and we felt that closeness to one another. But when we met the others, it was just sort of, oh, hi, you know, I'm Jill, I'm Sue. And there was, they were just really, in fact, at the end, I was closer to the stepsister. Right. Than I, than I was to the, I don't know what happened. But, no. uh, and they never told us hardly anything about our mother. We found out ourselves that she had a sister. Yeah. They never, they, the only thing they told us was that they didn't have much money for anything, but um, their mother hugged them a lot. Right. And I used to, I thought to myself, I'd rather have a mother who hugged me than a mother who gave me presents. Yeah. But um, there was no emotion. Hmm. But, you know, that was that was how it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very, very interesting. And, and the sisters here, they're just so much like us. And we like the same things and we've done the same things in our life, a lot of stuff that we've done similar. And our, our birth father, now this is interesting, our birth father yeah. is so much like our adopted father, I mm. just can't believe it. Yeah, right. And they're both Jack. They were both called Jack. Yep. But they, their family said everybody loved him. He right. was just so beautiful. And Sue and I said, well, everyone loved our father. I never went looking for a father because I reckon I had the best father in the world. I wasn't interested to look for a father at all. I only ever went looking for a mother because I thought nothing could be worse than what I had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very you know? interesting. Yeah. yeah, it was. But um, but now the eldest sister that we've just found a year ago, yeah. her son lives in Perth. Okay. And so does my daughter. Right. And Sue and I were over in Perth in April for my daughter's and my grandson's 21st birthday. Yep. And we got in touch with this. Well, he actually got in touch with me and said, oh, I want to meet up with you and Sue. You're my cousin." And we did. We met up with him. Where his auntie. Yeah, where his auntie. Right. Right. Yep. Our mothers. Yeah. And um, and my daughter came as well. And her and him and his wife got on so and her partner got on so well. And he was so lovely. And he told his mother. He said. Oh, Mum, Jill's just like you. Oh, really? Yeah. And I thought, yeah, and I thought how lovely that was. Yeah. And yeah. he was a really lovely boy, and I thought, well, it didn't surprise me because his mother was so lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's been a real, um, gosh, a oh, real journey to think that just you know, tied up the end. Before yeah. you find half of your family. Yeah. Well, it sounds and like it, um, yeah. the story 
<clears throat> didn't start off the best, but it's getting better and better the more the oh. time goes on. Yeah, well, look, all the hands have been tied now. Yeah. And, well, you know, on the way, when we found the mother, yep. I I was, I'd had about a half hour drive to work. And I thought, oh, how am I going to tell mum and dad that we've found the mother, the mm. mother's family? And I. Every day going to work, I'd say to myself, oh, mum and dad, I've got something to tell you. And I answered myself every time. And the answer was, we're not interested. I don't know how you could be so ungrateful. Because that was said to me when I was 10. Yeah. And I just, you know, even when my dad was dying, and I sat with him for three days. I stayed with him for three days. He said, don't leave me. And I said, no, I won't leave you, Dad. And I kept thinking, I want to tell him that I found the mother's side. Yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't tell him. Yeah. I just thought I couldn't put that on him. Yeah, that's but understandable. when the adoptions became um, public, that yep. you could go and get your adopted papers, I think I was about one of the first in the line to get mine on the Saturday. Right. They opened the office. Yep. Um, because mum and dad did have the papers and Robert had said, that's my husband, had said to dad once, they were out on the farm and he said, you know, Julie said, your father said to me, oh, you know all this adoption stuff? And Robert said, yes. And he said, well, he said, it's never been mentioned, and so I thought it could only cause trouble, and I burnt them all. <sighs> and Robert said, oh, love, he said, I felt sick. Yeah. I thought, oh, no. Because mum had always said, don't mention it to your father, it'll kill him. Yeah, right. So we never did. We never mentioned it. And it was after... You got we got the birth certificates that Dad said to Sue in the car. Um, what would you do if your mother came to the door? Yeah. But you know, Mum and Dad never ever said to each other, "What do you think that the girls or Greg will do now that they could get their um, birth certificates?" So that and conversation it never happened. As if it never happened. Yeah. And it was all over the news. Yeah. Everything. You know, you can get your birth certificate. Do to do. And um in the um just half a second. In the microwave. Right, okay. Sorry. Um <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um as soon as we heard it, like I rang Sue and said, oh, gosh, we can get our birth certificate. I said, I'll only get mine because they were about 80 or something dollars. I said, they're too expensive to get two. We'll have the same information on both. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just get mine. And I still haven't got mine. Really? <laughs> no. No, not my, my original. No. 
because our birth certificates uh, have got our adopted parents on. Right, of course, yes. But I've so, got my original one. Right. With, but it only ever said the mother's name, not the father's name. And the mother mm. had three different names, like it was um, Vera Elizabeth Truscott Atchison. So it made it very hard to know whether one was a maiden name, one was a married name, mm. nothing. Like, we couldn't work it out. But anyway, um, yeah, mum and dad never, ever spoke to each other about it. And I, I couldn't understand it. How could you be sitting watching the news and not say to each other, I wonder if the girls are going to look into this? Because mm. mm. I remember it, it was being all over the news too, and I was only probably 18 or 19 or 20 or something yeah. like that. Yep. Yeah. Very important so the, thing. Mm. How, was it, how was it for you when you went to look for your mother? How old were you? I was, I reckon I was 21, but I never right. looked. Right, right. okay. Yeah. yeah. I decided not to. Yeah. You know, I, I must say that um, it's so individual. People have different feelings about looking. Yeah. And some, even if they're not in a happy home, um, it's the fear of being rejected. Yeah. I think the, um, the worst thing is that uh, we started off life with, I guess, when you look back on it, you can't not feel anything but a rejection and you want to avoid being rejected for a second time as much as you can. I guess so. I never felt, because we were told that our mother had other children and it was a matter of she had to choose them or us. Yeah. I never had that feeling of rejection because yeah. I just thought, well, that's all she could do. She, yeah. Of course yeah. she had to go with the other children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I but, never felt it either. I never felt rejected like, and that's why she gave us away. In fact, I used to think to myself, Oh, the poor woman, you know. Yeah. Sue and I are very um, tolerant. Yeah. And kind and um, growing we, we up in the family. Yeah. And growing up in the family, that we sort of looked after each other. We've got a brother six and a half years younger than us. Yep. And we don't even remember him. We remember him as a little boy till when we went to high school, he started school. Right. And the whole of his school life, we don't remember a thing about it. Yeah, right. No. And he says, oh, how could you not remember me doing this? How could you? I said, Greg, I'm sorry. We could only remember from looking at a photo and thought, oh, yeah, that's where we went to the beach or... Oh, that's when we did this. But as for him living in the house, I couldn't remember a thing about him. Wow. Apart from telling him that he was adopted. And for some reason, our parents never told him he was adopted. Really? And and one night they were out 
And for some reason, I don't know why, we just decided to tell him. And no, we I said... Think, I think Mum, he asked Mum. He came home from school and he said no, to Mum... Oh, well, that's what I remembered, that he had said to her, there's a kid in my class adopted. And Mum said, well, what's wrong with that? And he said, oh, he doesn't look like an adopted kid. <laughs> and Mum said, well, what does an adopted kid look like? And Greg said, I don't know. <laughs> and Mum said, Mum said to either me or Sue, um, you tell Greg that he's adopted. So that's how it might have started. Yeah, and then, yeah. And yeah. then... And we told him that he told him that he was adopted, and so were we. And he didn't he didn't turn a hair. No, yeah, right. No, he just said, "Oh, am I?" And he's never <laughs> ever been interested. His wife, for his fiftieth birthday, got his original birth certificate. Wow! And we were at his place, yep. and he said to me, "Come in and see what." Um, the wife got me for her birthday. And we went into the bedroom and here was his birth certificate, his original birth certificate. And I said, oh, that's interesting. He said, yeah. He said, I don't know why she bothered because I'm not interested. And he's never, ever done a thing about it. Or it's... Yep. No. He was... he was never interested. Yeah. No. I can understand, um, and I can understand both both perspectives where you want to find oh, yes. your, your 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 history, the the history. part of the story that makes up you. But then, on yes. the flip side to that, I can also understand why people don't want to look. Um, yes, and I I have been asked by a few people and a lot of people have touched base with me um, in private messages asking me to tell my story and yes. I will eventually when the time's right. <laughs> but um, yes. I've got to keep a few cards up my sleeve <laughs> and there'll be reasoning behind my decisions and what I've done and what's happened along the way. Yes. But this is not my yes. story, but I can understand... No why people don't because yeah. I think they must have a strong connection with their, well, with their family, their, their, yeah. their adoptive family, which is their family. And I guess we, we go back to the very start when you said you didn't like the term special and yeah. they're looking for normality as much as possible. And to be normal means you've got one family and that could be why they don't want to find the yes. adoptive family be. as well. Yeah. And things can go really wrong. Oh I've yeah. I've got a, a very close girlfriend and I'm I've told her about what you're doing mm -hmm. and um and for her to listen to some of these because she adopted two children. Right. And then she had one of her own. Right. And um, the middle one, when she turned 18, um, and I don't know when she was born, in the 70s, but yeah. um, her 
mother was only 15 when she had this girl. So they were, she was very young. Right. And when right. she met, you know, my girlfriend said, I'll help you, you know, and things didn't turn out as good as they could have. No. Um, but anyway, that, that's not my story. I actually think that if you, you're better to start looking when you're older. I do too. I think I think it's a mistake to look too young when you're too young. I think, and it was 18, and I think that really, you, it's really hard to say, I guess, what age, but I think you're better if you're, say, 25. Or just a more mature age. Yeah. Yes. Um, and a bit more worldly. Um, and or, I just think even... 18 is too young when two families might be completely different because a lot of times um, a adopted parent will be a lot older than your natural parent. Yeah. Um, not not always, no. but you know, it particularly in our um, era, you know. Yeah, yeah. Had kids, and my mother and father waited six years for us. Right. And, and then they um, waited another six years for our brother. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, it was pretty um, hard to adopt. Children, anyway. Yeah. But so our parents were older when they got us. And was that by design the six year gap, or was that just how it worked out? No, that's just how it worked out. Right. Um. So, and my parents, like, they were pretty well off actually. Um, in their day. Yeah. Um, but you would have thought it would have been. You know, a lot easier and stuff. But anyway, that's how it, how it was. It was six and a half years between us and our brother. Right. But, but the greatest, the greatest blessing was the fact that we were twins. They adopted us as twins. Yeah. Yeah. We've spent our life together, and yeah. that has been such a blessing. Yeah. Completely the correct decision there. Oh, absolutely. And my dad, he said that his friends used to say, oh, they were all having children and mum and dad were about the first of their friends to get married. Right. And they were all having kids and they, you know, they were kept saying, oh, what's up with you, Jack? You know, you haven't got any kids. And dad said, oh, when I start, I'll start by twos. <laughs> and it was just something he said. Yeah, right. And what happened? He had twins, you know. There you go. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's funny how you can. Yeah. And I guess that type of comment also says a lot about society at the time as well, where the expectation is that not long after school or even at the very end of school, you get married and then. Not long after that, you have kids. You and have if you kids. don't have kids, yes. then why aren't you having kids? What's going on? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Where these days, 
gosh. Yeah, all over the you shop. You know, people in the 30s. Yeah. I think oh, that's well, nearly average now. The average, mm. yeah, is in their 30s. Because, yeah. you know, they want the security of a house. and Yeah. Um, I mean, I got married and a year later, a year later or 18 months, anyway, it doesn't matter, but a short time, yeah. I had my first child. Yep. And... I can remember my mother just, we never talked about it for about oh, five months. I told her I was pregnant. I said to my husband, I'm not ringing her. I'll ring her from work. Okay. Because I know what she's going to say. And I rang her. His mother, oh, she was thrilled to bits. Right. My mother just said, oh, well, are you happy about that? Huh. That's what she said. Wow. And I, I said, yes, I can't wait. <laughs> and we never spoke about it after that. Yeah, right. For months. It was like, oh, I, and I, you know, you, you often wonder about these things and you think, was it, was it because I didn't have a house? Oh, of course, that was always brought up. Oh, you haven't got a house. You ha- oh, I thought, well, I don't care. Yeah. You know? Um, or was it because, gee, she only just got married virtually and she's having a baby and I was married for six years and couldn't have a baby? Yeah. I don't know. You, you know, when you've got a, a mother who's got a, um, an odd mind... Yeah. <laughs> you you just wonder what they how she thought. Yeah. But you know, it's funny. My dad said to her, Sue and I, um we've always been close and mum would she played one again the other. Yep. And she'd tell me all the good things about Sue and she couldn't say a good word to me. And Sue said when she'd be with Sue, she'd be telling Sue all nice things about me. (laughs) (laughs) And she had a big fallout. Right. We never spoke for about three months. Okay. And Mum would ring Sue and he went and Mum went down and saw Sue and Dad would ring me and he'd come and stay with me. Right. And when he came with me, he was sick. He had the nebulizer every day. And I said, after about three days, I said, you know what, Dad, you haven't had the nebulizer once since you've been here. Yeah, right. I said, because you relaxed. Yeah. You know, Mum, it was so hard to live with Mum that... He, he needed the nebulizer, and um, hmm. but after about three months, we did talk to each other again. Right. But Dad said, I said to your mother every day, one day you're going to meet that girl. You know what? After he died, she needed me. Yeah. And the way she treated me, or my friends would say, I don't know how you're still in touch with her. I said, she's my mother. Yeah. 
she was my mother, the only mother I knew, regardless of what she'd done yep. in our life. Uh, and Dad said when he was dying, he said, "Promise me you won't. Um, you promise me you'll look after your mother." Yep. And I said, "Of course I will, Dad." I looked after her till the day she died, and the last words she spoke to me weren't kind. Yeah, right. And I said to Sue, Sue was at the hospital, and Sue had rung me. I was in Hawaii at the time, and Sue said, oh, do you want to talk to Mum? And I said, yeah, all right, I'll talk to Mum. And I was just chatting away, and then she started to say some not-so-nice things. And um, I said, oh, well, i better go now, Mum. And I hung up. And I thought, you couldn't even say a nice word on your deathbed. Yeah, that's a shame, that. Yeah. It was. It was a shame. Yeah. Now, we're very blessed to have um, such a wide range of... uh, of people listening, I'll say that they're our community. They're um, yes. people from all walks of life uh, with all different oh, circumstances. All oh, thank you. No, I really appreciate that. Um, and yep. I was thinking, and you did start to answer this question just previously, but if you had any advice for anybody who's got adoption in their story, what advice... Yep. Would you ladies have? Well, I for certain would say get your DNA done first. Yep. <laughs> that that makes it very quick. <laughs> if, if your family's got DNA, you'll find them pretty quick. Right. Yeah, that's true because it depends on your age. Like if you like we are, we're older, so. It's um, DNA wasn't around no. when we were originally looking. Mm. Yeah. Um, it was just, um, you know, you just had to find out yourself. But the thing that always stuck in my mind, and I've told friends and people who have adopted children, to me, don't tell them they're special. Mm. You can tell them they're chosen, but don't tell them they're special because it doesn't affect some kids, but there's a lot of kids that it does affect. You know, you think something special is something over and above the normal. Yep, absolutely. Um, Great advice, ladies, and thank you so much for your time tonight. You've been so giving. Um, Really appreciate uh, the time you've given us and... uh, the uh, the fantastic story that you've uh, been living. So, well, thank you, Michael. Uh, Mike. Yep. Nick. Nick, that's me. I'm Michael when I'm in trouble, but I'm not. I don't think I I'm know. in trouble tonight. I know. I know you said that, but I've always been. I've always been so used to knowing you as Michael. Yep. <laughs> anyway, all good. Well, thanks. Okay. Thanks a lot. No, thank, thank you. Been, it's been lovely. Thank you. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks. Okay. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. 
That was Jill Brown and Susan Horton telling us their life story uh, and adoption story, which has been evolving all throughout their life and has been getting more and more positive as time goes on, which is really encouraging to hear. I'd like to thank them again. And as always, if you've got a story that you'd like to tell, your story, this is all about you and sharing it with other people, uh, please send us a message and we can organise to have a chat. Until next week, bye for now. Cheers. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.